Hi guys, welcome back and happy Wednesday. All right guys, I kind of have to catch my breath for this because this was a lot. This week has been a lot. We have BravoCon. Okay, that's exciting. Ricky and I and a few other people are working on something really special for you guys if you are going to BravoCon. So that's really exciting. We have the Tom Sandoval, Howie Mandel interview. That was not exciting. And then we have Melissa Gorga going to bat with Andy Cohn on Watch What Happens Live. I don't know what the f- is happening this 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 week, but yesterday they said that was the day to manifest shit. I'm just hoping that I manifested all the shit. Anyways, guys, go ahead and smash that like button. Let us know where you're watching from. And with that, let's welcome Ricky Cornish. Good morning. Good morning, my friend. Thank you so much for having me as always. Oh my gosh. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm like a little regular. I'm like an up and Adam regular now, and I love it. <laughs> You're a part of the Adams family. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's a good family, let me just say. <laughs> we have to get you some merch now. Please. I will send you my address. I want to start repping like some up and Adam fun stuff every week now. Like that. Let's make this a thing. Oh my gosh. Which I think I told you last time, um, but I, I told everybody about it this this week. I, I was waiting for the BravoCon announcement. But I know we were laughing last week about potential crop tops and stuff like that. <laughs> However, we did launch a Bravo Cond t-shirt, <laughs> which I'm so excited about because it's a funny play on just like, you know, we have our Salt Lake City. Jen Shaw is currently serving time, which is probably not funny. We have our champagne flutes, represents a little bit of New Jersey. And of course, our Girardi diamonds. Now... Hopefully you, you guys rock your merch and we get to see you at BravoCon wearing it. I will absolutely die. So can't wait. And let me just say, I'm so excited you're coming out here. So anybody who might not know, I'm actually based in Vegas. So literally like BravoCon is going to be down the street from my house. And I'm just so excited about it because obviously I can't wait to go again. I went last year and it was so much fun. But now to have all of you in my neighborhood, like we're going to be hanging out and having fun. And I seriously can't wait. Are you still going to stay at your house? Yeah, totally. Honestly, Vegas is a pretty small city in the grand scheme of things. So I'm totally just going to drive in from my house every day. Oh, nice. And I think last time you were on, we were trying to guess where we thought it might be. I don't know if we mentioned Caesars or not. I don't remember. I think maybe we threw, if we did, we just kind of threw it out there. Um, But yeah, Caesars Forum is where it's going to be. And I like that because that's a smaller convention center here in Vegas. And it's kind of nicely put like right in the middle of all the action. So it should be a good place to go. So if people are right now trying to decide whether or not they should go to BravoCon this year, if people are asking the question, what would your answer be? 100% yes, because what I think is going to be fun about it being in Vegas is these Bravo celebrities are going to want to turn up. Like Vegas is a vacation spot for a lot of people, right? So I think a lot of these Bravo celebrities are going to go and have a ton of fun. Like obviously there's a lot of things to do in Vegas. So I definitely recommend going. Honestly, I just recommend going period, no matter where the location is, because it's so much fun. I mean, you literally get to meet all your favorite Bravo celebrities. There's so many iconic things that you get to witness and be part of and whatnot. So, and Vegas is just fun. And it's a lot in my, well, I could be wrong, but I would assume it's a little bit cheaper than New York city prices. So I definitely think it's worth the investment. (laughs) I think you're right. And we have a question on here too, that said, um, it was from Vina who said when, and it's November 3rd through the 5th. And last year we had over 145 Bravo celebrities and over 35,000 fans of Bravo who were just so excited to be there. Guys, when you go, it's absolutely pandemonium so it's crazy but i mean and last year speaking of jersey since we're back to recap jersey guys everyone smashed that like button but last year they had to separate the jersey panels because 
Teresa, Melissa, and Joe were not going to be on the same panel. So who knows what this year looks like? I'm curious. I know. That was wild. I literally interviewed um, a few of them the day after that happened. And like, that was just so crazy. Like that you could tell they were, excuse me, they were pretty surprised by that themselves. Kind of like, we didn't really think we would have to be separated, but I guess things have really gotten that bad. And I'm like, oh, it's it was a tease for what we're experiencing right now on the show. Absolutely. And that's another great thing about BravoCon is they're always dropping. Jason pr- had a prediction and he's always spot on, which just it, it like annoys the shit out of me. But then now I've just learned to go with it. And he's like, oh, BravoCon this year, they're absolutely going to drop the Vanderpump Rules season 11 trailer. That's probably what's going to be happening. And then who knows, maybe even Ultimate Girls Trip season four. And I'm like, Ultimate Girls Trip season four, that means that it would have been a year. And he's yeah. like, yeah, well, that's kind of the timeline that we're sitting on. I guess we'll have to see. We always love a good exclusive BravoCon moment, so we'll just have to see. We will have to see. All right, so let's kick this off because Melissa is opening up Envy. She's opening up Envy, and here we have newbie Danielle, who's coming in with her bougie kids pop-up shop. Now, while she's hosting this, her store looks beautiful. It looks like everything's going great. But then let's cue the Jennifer Aiden of it all. Jennifer Aiden walks in, which this is so random, totally pre-produced. We can read right through it, which I love these moments. Jennifer Aiden would never be going to Envy had they not have been filming. I mean, she just last season at the reunion was calling Melissa Gorga's husband, Joe, a bitch boy. And Teresa was doubling down on it. So, yeah, this is probably not a situation that would have happened without cameras. She's getting paid for this. Now, she shows up and she's like... Melissa, I just wanted to kind of check up on you and, you know, ask you if you're okay with me and Dolores being a bridesmaid or does it bother you? Because you could totally kind of be a bridesmaid too, you know? And she's like, listen, it's her time. I don't want to carry any negative energy into Ireland. And, you know, that's that's her thing. Like, I'm okay with the fact that my kids are not in the wedding. I'm not in the wedding. My mom's not invited to the wedding. I'm good on that. And then Jennifer, of course, let's cue over to a shady confessional moment where she's like, if the girl's trying to offer you an olive branch, why break it in her face? I'm like, Ricky, please. Uh, Jennifer is just so classic housewife, if you ask me. I mean, the girl went to this event just to start some mess. And you got to love that for her because, I mean... How interesting would that event been otherwise if we didn't have Jennifer like throwing some shade and getting into the nitty gritty of it all? Um, so I applaud Jennifer for that. <laughs> Plus, I'm sure Melissa deep down is loving it too because they're doing this at her store. So obviously that's pro- uh, publicity and promotion for her store. So it obviously all goes hand in hand. They're definitely like helping each other out in this situation. But listen, at the end of the day, I think we're seeing in most of these scenes at this point, <laughs> Jennifer is just here to cause mess. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'm totally here for it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm also here for it. I feel like it's an absolute shit show, but Jennifer knows that she has a job to do, so she's delivering on the job. Now, before we end up leaving Envy, take out your pocketbooks and let's kind of just clock that at the door. We have Danielle, who is now bringing up the Rachel Fuda of it all. Now, if you guys have not been watching our recaps with Ricky, Ricky loves this. He loves this whole drama situation he thinks it's great it's great for the show actually to be fair what ricky said is honestly i'm not mad at rachel because they did it around cameras danielle's like we're having a private moment on camera which you're on camera doesn't make any sense so it was either going to happen at the reunion or like rachel wanted which she expedited the entire storyline i'm happy that she did that period 
period. I'm kind of surprised this storyline is still dragging on. Like, let, 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 let's let this go. I mean, this is just so silly. Like, Danielle and Rachel, like, I, I'm glad they're kind of, like, using each other, like, to promote each other and, like, help each other out with their own storylines and whatnot. But at the same time, it's seriously so stupid. I mean, all Rachel did was just repeat what Danielle said to Margaret. I really, the fact that Danielle threw out the word rats and was getting, like, so triggered over it all. I was like, Danielle, I like Danielle a lot. I think she's an excellent housewife. But I think she's definitely reaching on this one. I think Rachel could have done a million things worse that would have given her the rat title. But all she did was just repeat something that Danielle said to Margaret's face and on camera to Rachel. So I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, before we answer Sh- Shady Millennial's question, um, and also I saw another thing where I want to address that really quick. This was very Mob Wives. It was very Renee Graziano, Karen Gravano, Drita. I don't even know how to say her last name, but rat, you know, like where you're like taking the wine glasses, you're busting the shit, you're busting heads. It's like, let me catch you outside. These cameras aren't protecting you. Danielle has a lot of like, she has that Mob Wives, Staten Island energy, but then it doesn't necessarily, it's like the plane has taken off. You were able to pilot it up into the air. I'm just waiting for you to land it which I'm going to ask her in our interview on Friday. I'm going to ask her about landing the plane. I need to know. Does she feel like she's landing the plane? Because as a viewer, maybe things are getting edited out. I'm not quite sure. But I have the question, so I will get the answers. Shady Millennial, around what time did the convention start? Does it start on Friday? And around what time will it end on Sunday? I don't know timing yet, but I do think last year it started like... Like in the morning, right? Like morning, like morning, like early afternoon. I would I think it was like, like 9 a.m. Yeah, I was going to say morning, like 9 or 10. Um, and then it goes pretty much all day. I mean, it's all day. I mean, you're going to be, I know after the, th- after the third day, um, I was invited to some post BravoCon functions and I couldn't go. I was literally in my hotel room and I was like, I am so freaking dead. I've been on my feet for three days interviewing and doing all these things and i'm so exhausted so BravoCon will knock you out get ready for that <laughs> yeah but i i feel like i mean i might have been running on like four hours of sleep each night but then every day i was ready to go and then by the last day which jason said this and i said don't tell people to do that that's effed up but last time i noticed that all of the people didn't want to ship their merch back like it, the merch that they had left and like all of the big um sponsors and all of that. So they were just handing out goodie bags or taking their merch and like, like docking them down to 50%. And I'm like, Oh, okay. We're just trying not to ship this shit back. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, that's some good tea right there. So people are trying to get some good merch. They should wait till the absolute last minute. (laughs) I didn't say that. Okay. I did not say that, but that's what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Jason last night or Jason last night Jason's booth last year because he was running Caroline Stanberry's booth they had the number one most profitable booth at BravoCon so good for them oh that's everything yeah they were working the shit out of that booth I was like Jason what are you doing for money over there Um, (laughs) Shaylee what did you guys rate this season so far 1 to 10 as we move forward I want to know Vicky gave it a 4 Ricky what would you give it yeah, I would say, I mean, it's honestly, this season I think is fine. I wouldn't say it's like one of the best seasons ever. I would probably say like maybe a six, six. That's kind of what I'm leaning toward. Like, I think it could definitely be better. Um, I'm hoping that it picks up as the season goes on. But to be honest with you, it is kind of repetitive. If you ask me, I think these storylines are kind of dragging a little bit. But I yeah. still like the show and I like the women as well. So that makes up for it. What about okay. you? Okay. I think I would probably give it, I would give it, Especially now that we know all of the drama, we're two weeks out from the wedding. Everything's about to shit's about to hit the fan. 
I'm going to give it so far a seven, but I'm hoping for a nine. Mama Bear, you've said this twice now in the live chat. Adam, you are obviously team Melissa. I love that you are thinking for me. Um, I've <laughs> interviewed both. I think that they're both great. And I think that there's three sides to every story. And we are missing a huge link because a lot of this shit is not making sense. So sure. I let's agree. keep it moving. Now, we see Dolores and she's talking with Polly's parents. And Polly's parents are visiting in from Ireland and right about when Dolores is about to go to Ireland. So they're talking a little bit. And I thought that this was fun. I thought it was fun to see Dolores because I just want her to win. I want Dolores to win. I think Paul's parents are really fun. And I love how they're just like, listen, whatever you guys do, this is not New Jersey. If you guys are dancing, the crowd will dance with you. If you're fighting, the crowd is going to fight with you. So just be careful about your reactions. Don't pop off and think that the whole crowd won't with you. Right. I think it's actually really cute. The fact that they went to Ireland, given the fact that Dolores's new man is Irish. Like, I think that's like a really cute tie in. And the fact that Dolores obviously was the one to set up this trip and kind of get everything moving. <clears throat> I think that's really, really adorable. Um, so I'm excited to see what else is to come from this Ireland trip. I know we're going to get into it a little bit. But just from what we've seen so far, I've always wanted to go to Ireland. It looks so beautiful. And the people look like they know how to have a good time. So maybe we'll manifest that for ourselves, Adam. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think that we should. And also, I said to Jason, I was like, Dolores got a freaking castle for her first Valentine's Day. And Jason's like, bitch, don't even. <laughs> don't come at me with that energy. To be fair, like, I still, I had like the the biggest like gay bachelor engagement ever where Jason rented a helicopter and we landed on like the tallest hill in Malibu. And they took us over like the Kardashian homes because I'm just such a fan of the Kardashians. And there was some random chick in the front. And I said, who are you? And she's like, oh, we, I, we co-rented this with you guys because um, we're for People Magazine and we're, sh we're doing a shoot. So we just also... And I'm like, what? But she happened to be the photographer. And the whole time I thought I was going to Catherine Zeta-Jones' house. And he <laughs> said, we need a helicopter to get to her house. I was... Yes. So I'll let him slide without the Valentine's Day because he pulled out all the stops. And then he threw us a party afterwards for getting engaged, invited all of his friends. And I was like, Jason, where are my friends? He's like, <laughs> he's like you don't have any friends. So I invited <laughs> all of mine. <laughs> Great. Oh we love a shady fiance. <laughs> yes. Yes. Shady fiancés end up um, getting the marriage certificate. We'll leave it at that. But there you go. <laughs> All right. So before we end up getting to Ireland, Jennifer Aiden is having a conversation with her husband, Bill. This is so cringe to me. Because right. as they're talking, she's telling Bill with therapy and everything, I just feel like you need to be more present, you know? Like, he's like, you know, I won't do golf anymore. She's like, you don't do golf to begin with. Maybe just don't spend all your time in the pool house. And then he responds with, so you don't want me to be my true self? And I'm like, where the hell did you decode that shit out of that? Yeah. Is your true self hiding in the pool house? Like, what the hell is in the pool house? I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing was kind of so funny to me. Like, I was honestly kind of just laughing because it's just so obvious that Bill is so over this. Like, he's just sitting there and he's like, are we really about to have this conversation again? Like, it just feels kind of, it felt like in that moment, Jennifer was kind of like forcing the conversation again. And I feel like Bill's just kind of like over it at this point. He's like, girl, like, if we're going to go to therapy and we're going to like do all these things, like, I don't think we need to like keep circling back every time there's a camera on us. Like we have to keep talking about our marriage problems. Um, so I think, I think Bill's kind of checked out at this point when it comes to these types of conversations. But 
I don't blame Jennifer. I mean, it's her storyline, so she's trying to keep it going as much as she can. But do you think that he is more open to having the conversation and more responsive when Jen is not necessarily, like, shoving it down his throat in front of cameras? Like, do you think... Because we have to remember, too, there's two camera people in there right now. There's one person with a boom mic, so there's three of you guys... Or three people in there in your intimate conversation, which you totally signed up for the Housewives, so that's what happens. And then there's one producer behind the wall or two with iPads watching it all being shot. So a lot of people right now are watching this very intimate conversation. And maybe maybe that's why he responds the way he does. And it's so cringy because he's like, hi, babe, yes, let's have this special one-on-one conversation that's really intimate about me cheating and being such an asshole. Just you and I, I don't want to talk about it in front of other people. you know honestly i think the way bill is treating this right now is i think he has deep regret and deep guilt over the fact that he even did he even cheated on jennifer in the first place um and so i think the fact that it came out last season i think he's just doing whatever he can to kind of make up for the fact that he put Jennifer through all that turmoil to begin with. I think Bill just really feels bad that he's ever put Jennifer in that position. So he'll keep doing these cringeworthy scenes and these frustrating like conversations just to appease her. Um, But I don't know. It's one of those things where I feel like he does want to make things work. He does want to do the right thing by her. But at the same time, I think he's kind of getting sick of being held to the fire so much. But I see both sides. I can see why Bill's getting annoyed, but I can also see why Jennifer's like, I was so good to you for so long. And like, it's about time that I finally like, like forced you to confront it and work on things. So I see where they're both coming from. Right. I know. I agree with that, too. And Lisa Rando, also great question. Can we get a cameraman to please go into the pool house? Right. What's in that? (laughs) I'm guessing a big screen TV. Yeah. Very raunchy videos. (laughs) <laughs> a bottle of something a total man cave a total a man total, cave sure. a total disgusting man cave that i feel like if you went in there with one of those little lights that expose shit like when you do you remember <laughs> do you remember that mtv show when they would go around to the different people's rooms and they would do break out like the light kits and stuff to see how the people lived in their rooms when really we know that that's like now just knowing what we know that it's just like it's all bullshit you didn't kidnap these people out of their homes oh my gosh it's so nasty i've even seen like some stuff on inside edition where they'll go to like hotels and they'll like pull out that black light to see all the stuff that's like on the walls and stuff and it's actually disgusting (laughs) that's i'm gonna do that when we go to vegas i'm going to do that just to try to see if i can get an upgraded room yes i was gonna say if you need some hotel recommendations let me know because i can definitely recommend some better hotels than others (laughs) is caesar's a good hotel Caesars is fine. Um, in terms of where the Caesars Forum is, the Venetian or the Palazzo is definitely the nicest hotel in terms of how close it is to the Caesars Forum. The closest ones are like Venetian, Palazzo, Harrah's, and Link. And since BravoCon is happening at the Caesars Forum, it's obvious they're promoting Caesars properties and Harrah's and Link are Caesars properties. Venetian and Palazzo are not, but they're way nicer and they're just as close as the other two are. So if you're looking for a nicer stay, I definitely recommend Venetian and Palazzo. Do you think that they're, because you know how last year they held all of the talent at the Gansevoort? Right. Do you think that this year, because I'm thinking they're not going, I don't think that they'll just put all of the talent all over the place where they're so accessible to fans. So I was just in my mind thinking they'll probably put them at Nobu. 
They'll probably put them at a Caesars property for sure. Um, but there's a lot of Caesars property. Um, you know, there's Paris, there's Caesars, Link, Harrah's. Um, there's a couple other ones as well. But it, it definitely seems like Bravo partnered with Caesars to make BravoCon happen this year. So I'm sure they'll all put them in some Caesars property somewhere. I feel like LVP had something to do with this. Wouldn't be surprised. She's the Caesars queen. So, <laughs> yes. Random question for Ricky. All right, Shady Millennial. Ooh. Um, did Anetra really hit the dancer during her number? And who between uh, is it Anetra? Am I saying that right? Okay, so this is a drag race drag race question. This is okay. Anitra and Sasha Colby. Anitra, so I oh went, shit. This is not my forte. Yes. So go ahead, Ricky. Please. I was gonna say this is not Real Housewives of New Jersey, but I love that I got this question. So. I don't really know how much I can say because like it hasn't aired yet. Um, so I would say you should DM me. Yeah, I can't I can't answer this mainly because the finale hasn't aired yet. So some of the stuff I'm sure you saw on like Reddit that was under the spoilers and stuff like that. Um, and since I was in the room and at the finale taping, I really can't comment on it. Um, so I would say wait for next week with Up and Adam or DM me or something like that because I really can't comment on anything since it hasn't aired. All right. There you go, Shady Millennial. Okay. Sorry. So let's that. move on because now we are officially in Ireland. We are heading over to the big castle that has nine bedrooms, seven bathrooms, and it's 400 years old. Would a castle be your first, like, would you be freaked out to stay in a castle thinking it's haunted or would you totally embrace the experience? Totally embrace it. I love this stuff. I love that castle. I thought it was gorgeous. And the fact that they had like that lake right by them. I love like the greenery that was growing on the exterior of the castle. I thought that was beautiful. Um, and I love a historical moment. I love the fact that the, his, uh, the castle was over 400 years old. I think that is like so epic. Um, so I would totally love it. The only thing that I hate is the fact that they don't have AC. And I know that's like a Europe problem. Like, girl, we need some AC, especially because they're traveling during the summer. I would not like sweating every night, you know, in this castle. Like, where are the fans? <laughs> you know? So that would be the only thing where i'd be like oh no like i need a little cool air in here but honestly besides that i would totally grade it and to be honest with you i grew up in a house that we love haunted stuff um i don't necessarily like want that for my everyday life because i do get freaked out easily um but like we we used to go on like ghost tours growing up and we would watch like celebrity ghost stories on tv and like all this other stuff um so i wouldn't mind staying in a haunted castle as long as like the ghosts are friendly or they don't do anything too crazy like sign me up okay okay that makes sense and yeah i mean listen that makes sense i had a question for you but i'm gonna circle back here in a second oh by the way on the way there i love the good jen fessler moment where she's talking about hooking up with the, who was it tony soprano yes yes and she's like listen i was with him he was the one who got away but never was he was inside me and i'm like not inside you I know, you shared I you shared inside me like jen fessler like is your husband watching this? What does he say about that? Like, is your family watching this? You just don't, there's no chill. Okay. I love that Jen Fessler is just taking on the comedian role of the group. I really do love it. I feel like it's, it's welcome a new girl coming in and she's funny and she's honest and open. Like she doesn't have any problem sharing these stories. Like I love that. So keep it coming, Jen Fessler. Keep show, sharing more of your hookup stories. <laughs> keep sharing more of your hookup stories. Yes, I agree. One thing that I love more than I love a good Jen Fessler comedic moment is when the ladies have to figure out what their room situations are. And I thought that Dolores handled this really appropriately. I saw on Twitter last night where some people were like, that is so tacky, Dolores. You're the one putting together the trip and you took the best room. It's like, yeah, no shit. 
Yeah, I would do the same thing. Yes, if I mind. Yeah, one hundred percent. And mind you, I I think it was it's okay now because she's no longer on the show. But Monique Samuels and her husband came down, and we went out with them. Uh, um, they were visiting in Palm Beach County, and we were just talking about some stuff. And when she got her trip, her cast trip, one of the seasons, she was explaining the process. And what happens is the the producers go around to all of the ladies before the season starts, and so they ask like, if you get the cast trip this year, where would you want to go? So then they all kind of pitch something, and then producers throughout the season will eventually figure out what the money looks like, how much it, you know, how much it's going to cost, how feasible is it, and then they decide whose cast trip we're going on. And of course, you know, everything's paid for, but she still has to put together what the trip looks like. So yes, Dolores, take the best room. I think that's okay. A hundred percent. Thank you for spilling that tea. But I, I, what I thought was actually funny is she didn't get the best room. Jennifer totally got the best room out of everybody. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> she really did get the best. Jennifer, yeah, the bathroom. I was like, Jennifer's like, I don't need... The, I don't need the best room in the palace. I already live in a palace. And then I love her shady confessional where she's like, actually, it's really nice to have the best room. So I'm not going to lie. It was really like Margaret Joseph's room and a few others that I was like, I don't yeah. think so, girl. I thought it was just hysterical. You know, they were all just seething. Like, why did this girl end up with the best room out of everybody in this group? <laughs> she's so like, the universe is wanting me to win, you bitches. <laughs> I know. I was living. I thought Jennifer was giving us great TV there. And I love, too, that Dolores said, okay, we're going to let Teresa have the next best room because she's about to get married. I thought that that was very classy. And then the rest of you ladies are going to have to draw out of a hat. So this was great. Thank God Ramona was not there because her and Sonia would have ran straight up the room, probably defecating all over themselves along the way, which is absolutely disgusting, and trying to figure out which room is the best one. And Dolores would probably have became Patterson Dolores and beat a bitch sass. And we don't need that. We do need that. Oh, okay. We do need that. <laughs> we do need that. We're, We're going to play squash that beef at BravoCon again for the 500th time. It'll be exactly. great. Exactly. Yes. All right. So now the ladies sit down for lunch. <laughs> this, this doesn't... <laughs> this gets great, by the way. So the ladies sit down for lunch. I believe here we are. And we have the Jennifer Aiden of it all because Dolores is trying to tell the women that they're not in Jersey anymore and they need to behave, especially with the way that they treated the Turkish coffee reader. Right. However, you and I, like we were a little bamboozled last week because we were trying to get the benefit of the doubt. I just took a page from Medea there. (laughs) We were trying to give the benefit of the doubt. And when I say that, it's because I don't want to knock someone's hustle. You're over here reading espresso beans, telling us what the future looks like and whatnot. I'm here for it. I want to know, is there some bitch out here with the name that starts with L that's trying to go in on me? Please tell me. I want to know who she is. Let me avoid her. So I was all for it. I was a little skeptical, especially with the word endorsement. Yeah. And obviously so were the other women. Well, then it comes up and Teresa ends up outing Jennifer Aiden. <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> Oh, you gotta love it, right? I mean, this is kind of like what we've come to expect, especially from people like Teresa. Like, of course, you would say something like that. That kind of shows how everything happened. But you know what's great? Teresa might accidentally spill something. At least Jennifer owns it. Because even in that confessional, she was like, did I tell her endorsements? Like, I don't know. Like, I thought that was so great, too. (laughs) I mean, when she said, (laughs) Margaret's like, what did I forgot what she said, but she's like, 
you literally fed her all of the information. And she's like, well, when you go to court, something about the jury and Margaret's like, yeah, but you also don't tell the jury all the information, right? But you don't taint the jury either the day before court. And I, I forgot what the line was, but they are so quick witted. They're so witty. And she did kind of own up to it. She's like, listen, maybe I had a couple cocktails. She's admitted that she does not have a drug problem, but she likes to smoke a little weed when her kids go to bed. So I could just imagine it probably went something like this. Tequila? Mm-hmm. Listen, girl, I know that you're going to meet us at Dolores' house. Let me give you the skinny on some of these women. Yes. So Margaret is an asshole. <laughs> and we're fighting right now. And she said something about endorsements. So that's what clocked that. And she's also fighting with her friend, Laura. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But like you said, at least she owned it. Mm-hmm. She owned it, which made it that much more funny. She's really in the business. What's going to save Jennifer Aiden, in my opinion, is the fact that she is consistently owning things and just holding people accountable. And I'm not saying the rest of the cast, but like the moments where she's now calling out her husband and she's like, I'm not your doormat and I'm not your subordinate. And she's just owning that. The moment where she's like, did I maybe give her a little bit of information, this Turkish coffee reader? Yeah, maybe just a little. And then the moment where Danielle Cabral is walking into her room to talk about the bachelorette party, the bridal party, whatever this is, the the bridal party, I don't even know. When mm-hmm. she's like, I want to know about Laura. What did Laura say? Because Margaret is getting very upset. What is she hiding? What was said? And she's like, mm, I can't talk about it. I can't say it. I can't <laughs> say it. You want to know why I can't say it? Because it could affect a family. And I've been in that position where my family has been affected. My poor daughter, she wants to be a love therapist. I never thought in my life a love therapist, but now that's exactly what she wants to be before she was going to be a Broadway star. So no, I don't want to hurt a family, but you know, she said something about Melissa being in the back of a car with some other guy <laughs> making out. What? <laughs> I know. Uh, no. Oh my God. It was so messy. It was so messy. But to be honest, I give kudos to Danielle because hello. I mean, these housewives know how this works. I mean, if you're at this lunch and you're all talking about, you know, if the, <laughs> it's so funny to me how like, you know, the cameras are on you, that you know, you're mic'd up, all this stuff. And Jen's like, I'm not going to say what it was. I won't repeat it. I won't say it. But like you have all these cameras. Like it's so obvious at that point, like it's going to come out. Like if you're already like hinting at it so much on camera, like obviously it's, we all know that it's going to come out eventually. So I give props to to Danielle for immediately following Jennifer after that and saying, so what is it? Tell us. What is it? Come on. I mean, honestly, and we knew that this was going to come out. Melissa Gorga, reality blurb just picked up on this, um, interview clip where I asked Melissa, I was like, did you know about all of this going into the new season? Do you think the ladies plotted this? And she's like, absolutely. They got together. They did this on Potomac when all of the ladies went to Andy Cohen's baby shower. They all got together while they were in LA and they were going to bring up a storyline, which was in regards to Monique Samuels, the paternity of her son and it not being Chris's. So the women definitely get together. This is a job at the end of the day. Yes, it's supposed to be reality TV, but they know what they're going into the next season with. And I want to ask you, and you might have to get a little shady here, so I'll just kick it off. I never want to ask anybody to come on here and be shady without me being shady with them. So Mama Bear, Adam, you are team Melissa. Obvious yes, girl. You've said this three times. I am team everyone, and right now you're being team too much. So (laughs) please... Call him out. We get it. We get it. Ricky, I want to ask you. (laughs) You're making me choke on my words over here. Ricky, I wanted to ask you, 
Do you think it's that Margaret is hiding something? Like she knows that she has said too much to this woman and she's afraid that something might come out? Or do you think it's just the fact that she feels like, I've let this woman in my home. I grew up with her. I tried to get her on the show two seasons in a row. She wasn't wanted by the producers. And now I just think it's disgusting that she's going out here doing all these podcasts and talking to the women trying to bury me when she doesn't even know these women. Right, right. I think um, it's kind of funny that you brought up Potomac just a little bit ago because this is very much, in my opinion, giving very similar vibes to when Monique her last season was talking about how she had that friend, right? That like hung out with her all that time. I don't even remember the friend's name, but the friend was really close with Monique. And then the friend wanted to get on the show. So she started going to Giselle and Robin and everybody else and saying like, this is what's really going on with Monique and her husband and blah, blah, blah. And she was just spewing all these things. And then Giselle brought it to the show. You know, we've seen it happen with Potomac. So I think this is exactly what's happening here. I think this friend with Margaret, you know, what for whatever reason they fell out. I thought the Christmas reasoning was so stupid. Like, there's definitely way more to it than just not getting an invite to spend Christmas together. Like, this is your best friend since however long ago, and you're falling out over a Christmas invite. Like, okay, please. So definitely something else happened there. So... It doesn't surprise me that Laura is, you know, doing what she can do, not only to get on the show, but probably to get back at Margaret. So my thing is, do I feel like maybe Laura went to these women and was saying whatever she could maybe to even get on the show or to make them like go after Margaret? Yes. But I also don't think Laura made up all of this stuff. I do think maybe there is a hint of truth to some of the things that she says. I think we kind of know that Margaret knows a lot of things about these women. And it would not surprise me at all if Margaret spends her time digging on these women. Like, she wants to make a good show. I mean, Margaret is a good housewife. She wants to keep the storylines intriguing. So she does her research. So I think Laura going and telling the other women that Margaret does that isn't necessarily surprising. So... I, I kind of see where all this is coming from. I just know I kind of I kind of get annoyed, to be honest with you, when like someone who isn't on the show is the reason all of this drama is happening. How I mean, the drinking game should be Laura. Every time someone says Laura, like take a shot or something, because she's the reason that any of this drama is even happening. And she's not even on the show. So I think it's kind of funny. I mean, also, yeah, I mean, you guys might as well have just made her a friend of this season. That's what I'm saying. You, you have you nine just added times. There's nine women on this cast, and all you're doing is talking about Laura, who's not even on the show. <laughs> so, is Laura getting a paycheck out of this? And she, she probably isn't, and I'm sure she's seething over it. <laughs> I mean, she's like, next season, she's probably emailing Bravo right now saying, you guys mentioned me a lot, you showed me on the show, which... Well, no, she's already signed off on it. Because now, when they do, when they do Vanderpump Rules, like sometimes flashbacks, if I ever see like, myself hosting or something like that. I I remember asking a producer and they're like, when you sign that initial form, we can use whatever we want. You signed it away for like ever. It's not like just one season. We can use it. So I'm guessing when they filmed Margaret's mother's birthday, Laura signed a waiver. And now we get to talk about Laura. So thank you, Laura. You are living in our minds. Now, did you think it was hypocritical, this whole situation? Like Jennifer Aiden is over here talking about how awful of a person Margaret is for sharing Bill's affair and how it's affected her kids. But Melissa Gorga also has kids. And now we're going to plant this seed of a rumor. And I understand that Jennifer Aiden was saying, 
I only wanted to throw that out there to show Melissa how awful of a person her friend Margaret is because Margaret was the one who originally said this. But really, what is that? And my question is, and this is not a bashing session for Jennifer Aiden, but what does that necessarily say about you when you're using this woman and her family as collateral in order to get back at Margaret? Mm-hmm. It's messy. It's so messy. Like, and you would hope that Jennifer learned her lesson last season because it was obvious that the uh, the affair getting out really had a toll on her. I mean, as she said many times, and her kids. So I thought it was. It's kind of unfortunate that it's coming from her. Um, and I also think, like you know, Jen, if you really did, I mean, maybe she did this, and we haven't seen it on the show. But if you really did care about Melissa in this situation, you should have just told her, and not only told her, told her in private said hey just so you know this friend of margaret's is coming to us and saying you did this just fyi i don't know how she got that information she's saying margaret told her that so that might be something that you need to talk to margaret about that's how you would really be a you know a, a caring person in this situation but you just bringing it to the show i mean you know that that's messy you know that's going to cause drama so it's very obvious what she's doing yeah yeah we see you we see you friend All right, let's fast forward to the pub because we're going out, we're drinking, and we're celebrating Teresa's bachelorette. Yes, bachelorette party. (laughs) So now Teresa mentions that it's two weeks before her wedding, and they're all talking about the wedding. Jennifer Aiden's talking about the dresses, how gorgeous they are. Look at Melissa's face. She's so over it right now. No, I know. Seriously. And boom, here comes the bridesmaids convo. It comes up and... Jennifer Aiden immediately shades Melissa's invite as an invitation of obligation. Oh, yes. What were your... I mean, I think Jennifer Aiden... And we're going to get to the Watch What Happens Live to end this off. But Jennifer Aiden... Melissa said, you know, she's always... She's kind of like a follower of Teresa's. I do think that they're really good friends. I know that Jennifer Aiden knows if she attaches herself to Teresa and she stays in that corner, she does have some sort of safety net on the show, right? Mm -hmm. But also, why do you keep acting as her mouthpiece? Like, Teresa has no problem saying whatever she wants. I I don't get her stepping in every two seconds and, like, being like, Melissa, obligation. It's an inv- It's like, let Teresa talk. But Teresa also loves the mess of it all because you could see where she's sitting there just smiling about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I feel like Teresa didn't mind. Teresa, I think it's obvious. She appreciates when people stick up for her, which is totally understandable. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Who doesn't appreciate a friend that's going to go to bat for you? Like, that's always something nice. But I think Teresa (laughs) didn't necessarily feel the need to, like, jump in until, like, the other women were getting on Jennifer for, like, speaking up for Teresa. And then I think in that moment, Teresa's like, oh, yeah, like, Jennifer is kind of speaking for me here. Like, let me just defend myself. But I think if the woman hadn't necessarily called Jennifer out on that, she would have just let Jennifer keep going. Like, you know, (laughs) that's that's at least what I would assume. So... Yeah, and I love when they were like, you need to back that up. And I'm mm. like, Jennifer Aiden, you said you were feeling good in the Sprinter van and things go down in the Sprinter van. So yeah, girl, you better back that up really quick. What does that mean? And I get what she meant. She's like, your family. It's kind of like an, ob- an invite out of obligation. And we've had this conversation before. It's like the whole, it's the saying that I love to, I forgot who I stole it from. It was one of the housewives, but it's like one of those call PETA because we're beating a dead horse, which is not funny at all. It's not Mm -hmm. funny. But my thing here is we keep bringing up Melissa's mother. And Teresa was like, well, if it was that big of a problem, Joe should have called me. 
And she's doubling down on this whole thing of why she did not invite Melissa's mom. And she's like, listen, there were things said in the past, but to Melissa's defense, Melissa also said, we've been on vacation since then. My mom had a great relationship with your father. You've been around her. You've been around my sisters. You've been around all of them since the first season that Joe and I started filming and all of that happened at the christening. Why is that now all of a sudden coming up? Which I can kind of understand. That's a great question. I think this is another situation where they're both in the wrong. I think Teresa should have invited her, period. Like, there was really no reason for her not to. I understand that there were some tweets from back in the day that might have upset her. But as we've seen, like, they've grown from that. The mom was good to her father, like, X, Y, and Z. So Teresa should have invited her, right? Okay, but she didn't. So in that situation, the second Joe and Melissa realized that the mom didn't get invited, they should have just called Teresa. Like, where is the communication? Dolores clocked it perfectly. If you're so upset about this, call Teresa and say, hey, why isn't she invited? Like, this is kind of upsetting us. Like, she really should be there. Like, let's keep the family together. And then if Teresa means what she says, she would have invited her and you could have just squashed it. But instead, all you do is talk crap about each other behind each other's back. So then it becomes this big thing when all y'all needed to do is just hop on the phone and talk about it like adults. So they're both in the wrong, if you ask me. I mean, Dolores said this, Melissa, call, pick up the phone. But I do think too, I I mean, I get both sides because at the end of the day, it's Teresa's wedding. So she can have whoever she wants at this wedding. It is her special day. If she doesn't want, doesn't matter. If, whoever she doesn't want there, they don't get to go. And I understand that part of it. But also I get from Melissa's point, she's like, you know, Teresa, why would we have to tell you? We shouldn't have to tell you that. That's just kind of like a given. Like, why would you, why would we need to, ask you for my family to have an invite. And I think at this point, Melissa's a little bit hurt because she's not in the wedding. Her brother's not a part of the wedding. Her kids are not a part of the wedding. And it's always the blame game for everybody in this situation. It's just like, it's your fault. It's her fault. It's, it's everybody's fault. It's just wild. I really don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious, which leads me to the next big issue here. Because we get some answers during the Watch What Happens Live situation now melissa gorga went on watch what happens live last night i didn't honestly think that this was going to go the best just knowing that they're filming the reunion this week but i was surprised at a few things like when joe gorga said it's not over like it's not over we're family what are you talking about bro it's not over like we're not done here you know like the chapter's not closed of course we're gonna have conversations whatever and then Andy said to Melissa, he was like, well, I feel like, you know, honestly, I feel like this story has kind of run its course and we're not going to get anywhere. And she asked him, were you a therapist, Andy? I don't don't believe you're a therapist. Are you a certified therapist? I didn't think you are. Are you? And he's like, no, I'm not a fucking therapist, but I've been doing this for 16 fucking years. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, Melissa. What were your thoughts? Well, to be honest with you, I thought it was very telling when Joe said, it's not over. It's not over, really. Because this entire season, you've been saying it's over. You have made it very apparent that you don't want to repair things with Teresa. 
or forge a relationship with Louie. So what changed all of a sudden? Why are we now deciding that we want to move on? And if you ask me, I think it's because there's more people on Team Teresa. And I think Joe and Melissa get a lot of hate online. And I think it's getting to them. That's what I honestly do think. Um, so I think Joe and Melissa, if they were to forge a relationship with Teresa, it would be for the show. And it would be to let bygones be bygones. Because at the end of the day, you cannot tell me that Joe likes Teresa. You can't tell me Teresa likes Joe. And we know Teresa and Melissa don't like each other. So I think if they were to try and really like make something happen, it would just be to save Joe and Melissa's spot on the show. I really do believe that. Now, of course, I do think they have love for each other deep down. Of course. I mean, they are brother and sister. But I just find it funny that all of a sudden, wasn't it just a couple weeks ago that Joe and Melissa were trashing Teresa on their podcast? Now, suddenly, Joe is saying we can make, we can move past it. So what is it? Um, so I think Joe and Melissa are trying to figure out what how they're going to save their spot on the show. Because I think at, deep down, they know they're in the minority and that a lot of people aren't in agreement with them when it comes to their feud with Teresa. That's what I think. Well, I also feel like, too, I mean, I, I think you might be on to something here. You never know, actually, right? But I thought it was very telling when Andy said, you know, the storyline has kind of run its course. Like, I don't feel like, where do you go from here? Because last year, when Joe was storming off the reunion set, he's like, Joe, get back here. He's like, I quit. I'm done. And he's like, you don't quit. You're not done. And he's not really chasing after anybody right now. He's just kind of like, okay, if this is what it is, sort of so be it. And that's that's another thing, too, is like you never want a cast member, <clears throat> Vicky Gumbelson, to ever think that they're bigger than the show. Because if you think that you're bigger than the show and that you're not replaceable or that you'll always be there, Bravo, the network, the producers will be super quick to remind you how not true that really is. Mm-hmm. I would argue any housewife that's ever been on Housewives is not bigger than Housewives. The only person I would say is maybe done something bigger is Bethany just like with her charity and like all the other things that she's done. But this is no shade to Bethany. I think Bethany's great, but any other real TV thing she's tried to do hasn't really worked out. And if you go on any of her pot, her posts, her social media, everyone just is asking her about housewives and all that. And she even made a housewives podcast. Like she knows that that's what people know and love her for the most. Um, so I think really at the end of the day, none of these housewives are bigger than the show. Um, and I think also the, given the fact that Teresa was on her podcast, what a couple weeks ago, saying that the chapter is closed and she wants to move on from them. I guarantee you, Joe and Melissa are scared. If Teresa really doesn't want anything to do with them anymore, they know that's going to affect them personally and professionally. And I hate to say it, but it seems to me that the professional side of things is kind of more of a priority to them than the personal, if you ask me. And I think that's why they're starting to like maybe backtrack a little bit and try and fix things. Because I think if it was really up to them and the show really wasn't around, they wouldn't have a relationship with Teresa at all. But if it's going to hit their bank, it's gonna if it's going to affect the money coming in, then I think they're. It, it's obvious that that's why they're changing their tune to me. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's that's just the vibe I'm getting right now. That's the vibe. That's the vibe. Okay. As long as we know, we've established that's the vibe. So going into it for your prediction, you think that Joe, I don't want to say is going to grovel or anything, but you think that he's going to be a lot more tame, relaxed and being like, Teresa, I love you. Like we, our parents would be so disappointed in us. We've got to stop this for the kids, for our family. I can't do this anymore. It's aging me. It's, it's hurt. It's killing me inside. You understand that Trey? 
You understand that? Like, I could totally see this. Yes. If, if, if they hadn't gone and watched what happens live last night, I would have said no. I would have said no, based on their podcast, based on the things they post on their social media. I mean, like, you know, they don't hide anything. Like, I would have assumed they would have gone into this reunion guns blazing. Teresa would have gone on guns blazing and they would have really tried to, like, you know, explain themselves, but it wouldn't have gone anywhere, you know. But after we saw how they acted on last night's episode, it seems to me they're starting to change their tune and maybe they do want to make amends so maybe this reunion won't be as explosive if that's the vibe they're going in with it all depends on what their intentions are if they really want to go in and just make things right then okay cool but if they're going to go in and reflect their energy or you know kind of base their reunion performance off of what they've been giving on social media for the past few months then it would be an explosive reunion because they've been coming at her a lot and cerise has been coming after them like it goes both ways so it'll be interesting to see what kind of mindset they're in when the reunion actually comes around all right. I mean, that's fair. And my last two questions, and that's literally, I think that, is that today or tomorrow? No, it's not today because Lala Kent's on Watch What Happens Live tonight. Yeah, I have no idea, but I know it's this week. Yeah, and it's not Friday because I have an interview with Danielle on Friday. So it's either tomorrow or this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this should be interesting. Okay, so my next, uh, I have two last questions for you. One, last night, Melissa Gorga said that Margaret Josephs texted her and said, Andy, you're being really hard on me. Do you think that Andy was being extra hard on Melissa? Like he was picking favorites last night? Or do you think that he was just doing exactly what he said? And he's like, it's my job. I got to ask you the questions. Yeah, I didn't think he was being that hard on her, to be honest. I mean, unfortunately, when you go on that show, you're going to be asked a bunch of crazy, silly questions, right? <laughs> and um, Andy has said on the show that he thinks they're they're over. He has said on Watch What Happens Live that he thinks the relationship between Melissa, Teresa, and Joe is done. And so I think going into this Watch What Happens Live last night, he was in that mindset of this relationship is done. Like, I have no problem asking her these really shady questions about Teresa and whatever. And given the fact that Melissa and Joe weren't really in that mindset, it's obvious that they were feeling some type of way, I think, about those questions. So maybe they that's why they thought he was being a little hard on them. But overall, I didn't think his performance that night was any crazier than we've seen him with other housewives in the past. So I don't think he was too hard, to be honest. Okay. And then to cap us off, what are you looking forward to most in next week's episode? Ooh, well, I'm excited to see the Ireland shenanigans continue. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see like what they what they keep doing. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even really remember much memorable stuff from the promo <laughs> for next week. So hopefully I'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually OK when they don't give us too many memorable things that because sometimes I feel like they make it into like one of those great Disney trailers where we get all of the best moments in the trailer. Then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen that too many times, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> AKA the last season of Salt Lake City. <laughs> well, this season we get Mary Cosby, so here we go. Okay, I am excited for that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much to everybody in the live chat for joining us. If you guys didn't see on the banner before, well, I put it up earlier. Join us tonight for the Vanderpump Rules after party. Jason is making his special cocktail for the night, and it's based off of Tom Sandoval's Howie Mandel interview it's called the narcissistic dickery. <laughs> kind of a play on a daiquiri. So that will be a lot of fun and we will play drinking games and all of that. But join us at 1045 p.m. Eastern after Lala Kent's Watch What Happens Live appearance on Up and Adam Channel 2. Thank you to all of the mods. Thank you to everybody in the live chat. And thank you to you, Ricky, for joining us yet again. We love these recaps. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Adam. You're always so fabulous. So thanks for taking the time. Of course. No, thank you, Ricky. 
You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you tonight. Love you guys. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.